it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Ridiculous Ashes podcast. I'm Dan Lipke. With me is Alex Burden. Hello. We're covering the historical Ashes series to find out which nation is the more ridiculous at cricket, England or Australia. Uh, the first series we're covering is the 1997 Ashes and we're up to the fifth test. Uh, and how does this all work, Alex? Well, it works like this. Uh, I am effectively representing England or nominating on behalf of England. Uh, so I put forward three ridiculous moments delivered by England and Dan will uh, nominate three ridiculous moments from Australia. At the end of that, we put our impartial hats on and we pick out the best ones uh, with three points to the most ridiculous moment, two to the second most ridiculous and uh, a point to the third most ridiculous. And the team with most, most points wins the test match. Uh, what do we mean by ridiculous? This is uh, a very uh, difficult thing to establish, and that's why we're taking a whole series to explain it. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll get the you'll get the idea. This the series is currently two one at the minute, uh, with England having taken the lead in the fourth test thanks to two batting collapses and a complete inability to catch Matthew Elliott. Uh, so, what happened in the fifth test, Dan? Uh, well, Mark Taylor won the toss yet again for the fifth time in a row, and this time Australia decided it was good batting pitch so they would bat first and they they reached 427 in the first innings in reply england started with a century opening partnership between mike atherton and a a newly promoted alex stewart who who made 87 uh, but after Shane Warne dismissed most of the top order, Glenn McGrath returned and he worked his way through the tail and uh, England ended up on 313, which meant they had a deficit of 114 on the first innings. In the second innings, Australia just strolled their way to 336 all out, which meant that England needed to score 451 in the final four sessions of the test to win the match and keep the Ashes alive. Instead, they were bowled out in a frenzied extended session for 186, uh, despite Graham Thorpe's dashing 82 not out, which all of which meant Australia took an unbeatable 3-1 series lead and therefore retained the Ashes. Uh, but who was the more ridiculous and who will win, retain or lose or keep alive the ridiculous Ashes? Time to find out. Okay, so uh, I tend to start in one of two ways. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, usually, quite often start with uh, an England batting collapse, or before that, and that's what I'm doing here, England team selection. Uh, there was a little foreshadowing of this uh, in the previous test match, in that uh, England had plucked Mike Smith from nowhere and put him in for a single test match, and we it, there was a little bit the, the, the ripples of water in the, in the glass of water in the Jurassic Park. <laughs> you, you can tell that something more significant is coming, something threatening is looming, and uh, yeah, they pulled out all the stops for the for this <laughs> test match. Uh, just the four changes. <laughs> uh, Mark Butcher was dropped four tests into his career, despite having hit a couple of 50s. Yep. Uh, Mark Elam and Mike Smith obviously was dropped. Uh, and then Darren Goff failed a late fitness test as well, which was uh, a lot more unfortunate. I, I, I do I do like the idea that a fitness test is, is like a written test that are, that are marked. So like <laughs> the, the Darren just like got 43% on. It's like, oh, sorry, mate. We're going to have to sit you out. <laughs> We're going to bring Devin back in instead. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah Devon Malcolm and Andy Caddick came back into the side which seems sensible enough they've both been taking parts but then rather more surprisingly Adam Adam Holyoke and Ben Holyoke came in for their debuts as if they couldn't decide which one to pick because they were quite similar players they were kind of all-rounders and they both performed well in the one-day series that you know they both had a, a case to answer but it very much did seem like they just hadn't really hadn't really reached a decision just thought ah we'll just we'll pick both of them and I also think there's a if anyone's an all-rounder or, you know, bowls a bit, bats a bit, if if you're a side who makes a lot of poor selections, that, that doubles the chances that yeah. they will do something. I think it's a bit <laughs> of a copper. Uh, the changes also meant that Alex Stewart, as you said in the in the recap, there ended up opening as well as keeping, despite having not hit a fifty in the series. Uh, <laughs> and John Crawley vaulted up to three from six. Um, it's just I mean, this happened quite a lot in the nineties, but as you go back and see it again, it's quite incredible. Um, just to reiterate that uh, was it the the second test they picked the same team for the first time in consecutive home test matches since 1991 it had been so they'd gone six years changing their team their home teams after each uh, test match um, but this was this was far this four changes was far more we were kind of used to this it was like they just played some mad parlor game where they just kept on <laughs> picking England teams until the music stopped and then that was the one they went with and on this occasion they went with four changes and both Hollyoaks. So I think everyone was quite surprised by that. Probably even the selectors. Yeah, I, I do. I do like your, the the idea of uh, the the Jurassic Park style. You know, the the selectors as T Rex just coming and just panic stations. You know, cricket England cricket is running in every direction, and there'll be 11, 11 players left, and they'll be the ones who go into the team. <laughs> They're the one who are fed to, I mean, this is again a very confusing analogy, but they're the ones who are fed to a dinosaur. <laughs> All right. I, my, my first nomination is uh, Mark Taylor's tossing. Uh, as we, as I mentioned uh, initially, he the, he did win five tosses in a row here to, to begin the series. And uh, by winning his fifth toss in a row, I think uh, Mark Taylor is just putting another... Yeah, another another mark against all those who doubted it, who, who dis- dismissed his worth as a leader. Uh, because the, oh, if you, to win five tosses in a row, there's a one in sixteen chance of one of the two captains winning the first five tosses, and that that's getting close to statistically significant territory. And that that's important because once something is you know deemed statistically significant, that generally means on a scientific basis that we are justified in dismissing the prospect of it happening by chance. 
which means that Taylor presumably has some kind of telekinetic powers or ability to see the future. <laughs> and, and why he's not using them to help assist his batting, I, I'm not quite sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, fair, fair play to him. That, that's, that's mildly ridiculous that he, that he has these secret powers and is just using them to aid him in the coin toss. It's a very, very narrow use of your superpowers to <laughs> play it solely to coin tossing. But yeah, it, I mean, he was, uh, as we established over the course of the series, in pretty terrible form leading up to the series. He hit 100 and then he re- reverted to poor form and yep. he's really enough ducks uh, so yeah maybe that's why he was being kept in the side for uh, calling heads or tails <laughs> and he was doing it incredibly well I, I, th- I think he always called tails because of the nickname I think that was like one of his uh, one of his uh, oh god <laughs> my my second nomination is uh, Devin Malcolm's first innings and in particular his dismissal because uh, <laughs> Devin Malkin was a, a real, uh, what you want from a tail ender. He's, he's not going to be around for long, but he's going to play a couple of shots. And um, I mean, it was just a very, very high density of entertainment in quite a short time span. Uh, he made a run of all 12, which comprised three fours. Um, most of them were scored with this kind of diagonal bat mo. The mo. He scored most of his runs with the mo. Yeah. Which. It, it, you know, if it looked kind of like a cut shot, it would go into the legs. He did it early and it would go into the leg side. And if it was, <laughs> it was more like a pull shot, he'd be on it late and it'd go into the offside. But, you know, the important thing was just to have a bit of a swing. But um, the best shot that he played was actually a forward defensive. Um, he, I mean, we talk about batsmen not moving their, their feet, but he did not move them a millimeter. It was like they'd been <laughs> screwed into the turf. Um, and then just sort of very deliberately, you know, in that way, tail enders very deliberately play incredibly straight. Yes. And, you know, like they've seen in a textbook and it just looks the most awkward thing in the world. <laughs> but it, he hit it. And uh, on commentary, Tony Gregg called it very elegant, which it absolutely was not. <laughs> And then shortly after that, I think he had another four after that, but shortly afterwards he was bowled by a Glenn McGrath slower ball. And uh, the way he played it is uh, is something to be seen. Uh, he, he sort of jumped up into leg as his bat was going down into off. So he and his bat were heading in separate directions. <laughs> <laughs> and the ball went underneath his bat, although... I, I sort of I replayed it quite a few times, just trying to work out what was going on. I, I reckon there was a cricket ball-sized gap under his bat when it actually went past him. So leaping into the edge was the only thing that really did for him. Otherwise, he, he might have been able to. I mean, to go from the static feet as well, I've only just thought of the, the previous point, but I'm thinking, oh, it's a slower ball. Best thing to do here, leap into the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the idea of if there's only a cricket ball gap, uh, the, you know, isn't that just uh, another example of McGrath? legendary accuracy like he just all right there's going to be a gap here maybe you ask mark taylor what's going to happen in the future skip and he said all right there's going to be a cricket ball uh, gap taylor maybe mark taylor used his telekinetic powers to slow the ball and direct it underneath the butt yes all right yeah now that that was a spectacular innings from uh malcolm i do like the idea that a runner ball 12 comprising three fours and one very elaborate defensive shot means that there were eight more dot balls all of which presumably were wild flails at the ball yeah well wild flails and uh yeah i think pretty much that's it (laughs) 
All right. My, my next nomination is a, a, a flat pitch. And you may be wondering how Australia could take credit for a flat pitch. Um, and, and the reason they, they, they can at least attempt to take credit for this is, but before the previous test, the fourth test, Australia lodged a formal complaint about the alleged role of England Chairman of Selectors David Graveney in the decision to switch pitches less than two weeks before the game. And basically, Australia were, were a little bit suspicious about the... the they, had, they had a theory that the pitches were, were, were somehow being fixed in England's favour. And I think, the, the, yeah, d- despite evidence to the contrary, uh, I, I, I think the rationale was that, uh, in Australia's mind anyway, they, they thought that England were trying to negate Shane Warne by preparing greener pitches, uh, which, if true, meant that silly old Australia were just going to have to rely on, you know, dreadful no-hoper seamers Glenn McGrath and Jason Gillespie <laughs> to take the wickets. A l- little bit of hindsight corner in that comment. But, yeah. Hindsight corner. Each of them had sort of had seven, eight wicket hauls by this point. So uh. yeah. So anyway, so by, by by an astonishing coincidence, after that complaint was lodged, uh, this pitch for the fifth test turned out to be by far the most batter friendly. So when uh, Tubby inevitably won the toss, Australia decided we'll bat first and and secure the Ashes. Thank you very much. Um, and I just I, I like this one just just because it's very ridiculous, but also very Australian to be clearly the dominant side in the series and yet still be searching for a, a, you know some kind of edge. Over, over your vastly inferior opposition. <laughs> I, also, I mean, just the mere idea that England was sufficiently organised that they could <laughs> like stipulate what pitch they wanted and then also pick the right team to take advantage of it. I mean, that is a, a laughable idea. <laughs> if England were asking for anything to happen at the last minute, that could only ever be counterproductive. England were the most self-destructive team in history. I mean, just leave them to it. Just They want to change the pitch. Oh, fine. Go away. Change the pitch. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that moves me on to my uh, my final and inevitable nomination. <laughs> um, England's obligatory collapse. Um, so yes. this was, by my count, their sixth collapse in eight innings. I mean, think about that. <laughs> sixth collapse in eight innings. All different sort of manners of uh, folding. But, that, I mean, as a strike rate, that's quite something. Uh, this, this one was a, uni- uh, a kind of unique style as well, wasn't it? Yeah, this is a new one again. Uh, all out for 186 inside a session, a long session, but all out for 186 inside a session to lose the ashes as well is an important <laughs> detail here. Because, uh, you know, really just drive it home to the the England fans really just pile on the misery we're not just going to get beat we're going to lose we're going to lose hard we're going to get bowled out in a session Um, as a measure of how things went Jason Gillespie took three for 65 off eight overs (laughs) they're they're fantastic I I think they're maybe the best figures you can you can possibly hope for three for 65 from eight overs If, if you get three for 65 in an ODI they're probably that's probably equally likely to be a match winning or a match losing contribution. It's, it's impossible to tell. And, but in a test, they're just a glimpse of something magnificent. This is the, the final innings of a test with, with England getting thrashed. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. I mean, they've got hammered. <laughs> and the the innings itself, and I mean, effectively, the Ashes itself finished with another great Devon Malcolm dismissal. Um, so the, the 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 lack of foot movement he, he put into his forward defensive in the first innings, he, he applied to this sort of crouching angle bat wide drive, which is absolutely suicidal shot. I mean. <laughs> From a geometry perspective, it, it, there was no way it could survive. You know when they do the slip catching practice in the morning, yeah. the guy's angling his butt. He is less likely to be caught in the slips than Devon Malcolm was playing <laughs> this shot. 
Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of the Ashes for England, basically. I, I do like the idea that because it was an extended, it was an extended session, as as you mentioned. So that 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 partially explains how they got to 186. Just you know, <laughs> along with just the helter skelter, uh, you know, we're just going to throw the bat at everything kind of approach. Uh, I, I guess I guess my only the only negative about this is my favorite kinds of ex- extended sessions are where where the reason for the extension doesn't actually come to pass. So you extend it yes. to take final wickets or to hit winning runs. And and then everyone has to go off half an hour later anyway. And everyone's in purgatory. And yeah. then they come back the next day and it lasts about two balls. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little disappointing that England's wickets actually fell in the extra half hour. So I, I'm going to deduct them a few points for that one, I think. I think that's fair. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. My, my third and final nomination, and you may have noticed that my first two nominations were perhaps not the strongest I've had in this series, but that's okay because I, I do have a big gun for my final nomination. Have you? It, it, this, is, this is absolutely iconic. Um, this is Shane Warne dancing with a cricket stump uh, as he celebrates winning the Ashes. He's on oh. the balcony, he's dancing with a cricket stump, and I'm pretty sure every single person listening to this podcast can close their eyes and visualise this ghastly display. It's 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 iconically ridiculous. <laughs> it's a very strong nomination. Yeah, I mean, ba- basically, if the gadding ball's the moment most associated with, you know, Warne's on-field legendariness... Uh, is the dancing the moment most associated with his, you know, almost equally legendary off-field nonsense? I mean, you know, PG-friendly moments uh, only? Yeah, I mean, all, almost certainly. It's, it's the whole essence of off-field war. It's sort of misguided and just immune to embarrassment. It's, a, it's rare you get a moment that so perfectly sums him up. Yeah, yeah. After his career, he, he was bitten in the face by a snake on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> And he was also inexplicably engaged to Liz Hurley for a few years. But within his playing career, but off the field, I, I, I think this has got to be it. I think this is this is uh, the number one. I didn't see the, the, the snake bite, but I'm presuming he didn't voluntarily do it to himself. Whereas this is his own essence. This is why I think it's it's more the essence of Warren, that The fact that it just encapsulates him. that He's doing this ridiculous thing. <laughs> And yet, it's it's just shameless. I know players always talk about their brand these days, like that's the big thing. But if I was thinking, if Warren had a logo, it would just be a gif of that. Just a quick second with the stunt dancing. I, I, I didn't realise it's part of like a longer longer spell sort of goading the England fans isn't it but yeah. it's only really that bit which is is pure one a lot of it's a bit more sort of leery but yeah. uh, that bit is just peak, peak worn I would say I, I think if we um, if we ever get through every single Ashes series in, in history and measuring the ridiculousness of it I, I think we, we've got an entire other podcast of ranking Warns off-field nonsense so I think there's <laughs> plenty to go on uh, but this would probably definitely be number one uh, alright do we have any unnominated moments here um well, I, I nearly nominated England not collapsing in the first innings, but that, that was all I had, really. Yeah, I I, I do like uh, the Hollyoaks. Uh, they, they bowled in tandem to the wars at one point. Um which is nothing either side can claim, but I, I, I do think it's you know quite a subtle, subtly neat piece of ridiculousness uh, to have. Yeah, that's a collective effort. Yeah, yeah, you've got entire nations to choose from, and instead you've just got two households competing for the ashes, <laughs> basically. Uh, the, the other thing um, we, we have been discussing hindsight corners. We've been going along, and I think very early on we uh, we mentioned uh, the McGrath Atherton. 
uh, McGrath having power over Atherton as being a little bit of hindsight corner. I think we've just about transitioned out of hindsight corner on, th- on this one in, into uh, more, what, what what would it be in in real time corridor? In uh, real time, <laughs> yeah. Just to explain hindsight corner again, that's uh, we're we're trying to review these matches as if they were happening. What, what was ridiculous at the time, so without the benefit of hindsight. But there's things we just can't ignore, and um, Atherton getting dismissed by uh, McGrath immediately strikes you when you look back on the matches but at the time or at the start of the series it wasn't really that much of a thing but we're five tests into the what is actually a six test series yeah. by now and i yeah i think it's it probably has become a, a thing by now pretty much every test is yes uh, well at least once yep. each test. yeah yeah I, th- I think that i think that was his uh sixth time he's, he's dismissed him so it's uh yeah pretty pretty impressive stuff that's become a thing the the other one this is this is more a, a stats piece of ridiculousness and it's, it's a relatively minor one but there were 1262 runs scored in this test and nobody made a century uh which is the second highest aggregate test total with without a century so that, that's uh full credit to both sides for not being lured by dame triple figures that's a that's a good stat that's that an actual stat. stat yeah <laughs> right move on to the voting let's go to the voting and as i said realistically all i've got is warns dancing but i'm i well, don't see how you can how you can top that i'm I giving think. you i'm giving you the victory um england's team selection is i would say my strongest <laughs> entry yeah but yeah. uh that's kind of a broader a broader thing. I mean, if you, maybe you could have, I, I would perhaps put England's team selection across the entire series up against one stump dancing. But uh, from one test, I think that it, it's just too perfect. Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. emphasise enough how perfectly Shane Warne that Shane Warne moment was. Yep. Uh, so I would say that's I would say England's team selection second choice. And then what have we got? We've got. Um, uh, oh, the obligatory collapse. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit bored with the collapses now. I, 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 come on, come on, come on, England, come up with something new. I think I, I've had. And it was only it. one in this as well, which yeah. seems like an oversight. Uh, well, that gives us Devon Malcolm's first innings and dismissal. I mean, it's mostly the dismissal yeah. and uh, Australia's flat pitch complaints. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to, to, to be honest, I, I don't think either the flat pitch or, or Tubby, you know, getting a, a one in oh, 16 yeah. coin toss is realistically an, a, anything. Sorry, I didn't even bother mentioning that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was pretty desperate. This, this, you know, from from a cricketing perspective, this was just very methodical and relentless from Australia, and they they didn't they they they, they were focused completely on winning the test and completely ignored the ridiculousness till after the test was over, more or less. Um, so that, that that that's been my great downfall in this test. Thank thank God for Shane Warne. <laughs> so uh, Shane Warne stumped dancing three points, two yep. points for England's team selection, and then a point for Devon Malcolm being yorked while airborne. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's. <laughs> Basically. So, so that's a that's a drawn test, which means uh, Australia stay alive in the series. It's it's still two one to England uh, going into the yeah. final test. Australia could so, you know there's one one test to come, and from memory, Australia do lose that final test. No, no spoilers for anyone following along and uh, who didn't, didn't know how the series ended. Everyone actually reliving the 1997 <laughs> Ashes and super excited about how the, the final test might go. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, two one, and we don't we haven't established who holds the ridiculous action. No, so uh, it will we, it, it's all just up in the air. It could be it could be a drawn series for all we know, and this has all been for nothing. <laughs> yep. Yes. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll find out next week. Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode. You can find Alex at kingcricket.co.uk. 
uh, where he has all kinds of things on his blog. You can find me at liebcricket.com where I don't actually have a blog, but I've got links to everything else I do. Uh, you can find this podcast. It's on all good podcast stores where you can give us honest five-star ratings and reviews. And with one test remaining in the 1997 Ridiculous Ashes, we'll see you in a week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.